Pastor Xavier Reese highlights the fact that deception can only breed more deception. The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, that they spoke deceitfully. The term describes the stealing of the blessing by Jacob from Esau. Same word. It is the same term when he accused Laban of deceiving him by giving him Leah. Genesis 29:25. Same words. As all this is going on, what do you think is going in the mind of Jacob? What goes around comes around. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Regardless of how a parent might instruct their child on how to behave, the child is much more apt to imitate their parent for what they do rather than what they say. And so it goes with the patriarch Jacob with the reaction of his sons to the defilement of their sister Dinah. In fact, the vengeance they administered to the perpetrators took on the form of deceit, among other things. Now let's join Pastor Xavier bringing us the account today from our Old Testament study. Genesis 34, we're going to look at verse 1 through 31. And the message is entitled, Senseless Sin and Vengeance. As we look to our world, we live in a very heinous and horrible atmosphere at times. Violence, rape, murder. They used to be the exception, now they're the common rule. We see the horrible depravity of man that resulted from the fall and that man really has not come very far since the fall. There are different periods of time in history where societies are more moral than others, but uh, when push comes to shove and depravity hits, it all comes out the same. What we want to do is examine the tragic rape of um, Dinah that led to the destruction of the Hivites here, which is unfolded for us in three movements. Let me read our text here. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. Uh, So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor, saying, Get me this young woman as a wife. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, now, his sons were in the, uh, with his livestock in the field, so Jacob held his peace until they came. And then Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field, and when they heard it, and the men were grieved and very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by laying with Jacob's daughter, a thing that ought not to be done. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife and make marriages with us give your daughters to us and take our daughters to yourself so you shall dwell in the land and the land shall be before you dwell and trade in it and acquire possessions for yourselves in it and then Shechem said to his father and his brothers let me find favor in your eyes and whatever you say to me I will give ask me ever so much dowry and gift and I will give according to what you say to me but give me the young woman as a wife But the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, and spoke deceitfully because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. And they said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a reproach to us. But on this condition we will consent to you. If you will become as we are, 
If every male of you is circumcised, then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters to us and we will dwell with you and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. And so the young man did not delay to do this thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke to the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For indeed, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will men consent to dwell with us, to be one people. If every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised, will not their livestock, their property, their animals be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out to the gate of the city uh, heeded Hamor and Shechem, his son. Every male was circumcised, all who went in to the gate of the city. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain, that two of the sons of uh, Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brother, each took a sword and came boldly into the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hamor and Shechem, his son, at the edge of the sword, and took Dinah from uh, Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all of their wealth. All their little ones and their wives, they took captives, and they plundered even all that was in the houses. And then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, Should he treat our sister like a harlot? This tragic um, rape event of Dinan, the destruction of the Hivites, unfolds in these three movements. First, the defilement of Dinah and the proposition, verse 1 through 10. Secondly, we have the deceit of the sons of Jacob in view of Dinah's defilement, verse 11 through 18. And then thirdly, the destruction of the Hivites due to the vengeance, verse 19 through 31. Notice the defilement of Dinah and the proposition. Look at verse 1 and 2. The curiosity and sexual dangers of youth is ever-present, regardless of what generation it is. Dinah became inquisitive and was attracted to the pagan women, verse 1. Now, remember that Jacob was supposed to go back to Bethel. He promised God. He did not. He's been here about 10 years or so. He's allowed his children to grow up in that environment. Children are children. You know what I mean? Okay, and um, Dinah's the daughter of Leah. She's probably about 16 to 17 years of age. She went out alone to observe as it says here, to mingle with the young people of the land, the daughters of the land. This behavior of Dinah was contrary to the custom and without any doubt, like any other teenager, snuck off, did her own thing. Maybe she was even rebellious, we don't know. But certainly it wasn't the custom. She thought she could handle it. Like most young people think they can. The word see means to look upon, to inspect or consider. And so she was attracted. The lust of the eye, the lust of flesh, the pride of life. It's all there. It's all around us. Notice in verse 2, Shechem became 
inquisitive about Dinah, and he was attracted to this godly woman. And not because she was godly per se, but she was good looking. Shechem was the son of Hamor, notice in verse 2, the Hivite, the prince of the country. He's the man. Can you imagine 17 years old, this young girl, how impressionable she is? This is a dream. The young woman is only 17, 16. Hormones and brain cells don't go together. Your hormones are 100% pagan. They don't want to be converted. They refuse to. Shechem saw her, notice in verse 2, and he took her and laid with her. Notice it goes right to the point. Because he wants, the narrator wants you to understand how quick it happened. This was not a long romantic thing. In fact, the word for saw there in verse 2 is the same word for see for Dinah. To look upon and consider with inspection. He is checking her out. And this boy saw her and his hormones started going. And his mind started just engaging and he turned over the key and the engine was running and he put it in gear. Once you get a certain distance, there's no stopping. You understand? The lustful contemplation moved Shechem to want her. And so it says, he took her. The word implies against her will. Therefore, he raped her. The consummate act was to lay with her, a euphemism for sexual intercourse. The literal Hebrew says, he laid her, implying forcible intercourse. It's a derogatory term. It's still used today. His only concern was the satisfaction of his own lust. And so notice Dinah became like any other daughter of the land. Keep that in mind, young ladies, if you're a virgin. You can always become like all the others, but the others can never become like you, virgin. It's just that simple. Keep that in mind as a footnote. Shechem violated her. The word for violated means to humble or abase, to be put down in the sense of being conquered sexually. In fact, um, he shamed Dinah by having humbled and abased her. This is the word that is used always of sexual relationships when they occur outside of marriage in Deuteronomy 21, 14, 22, 24, and many others. The act is a violation of the divine order for marriage, as you know. He did not restrain himself from the least, having a low sense of morality. He did not consider the damage done to the girl or the family having a low sense of family and marriage, an alternate lifestyle like today. They're not marriage standards. They're alternate lifestyles that are contrary to the word of God, sinful, destructive. He, without any doubt, did this often, being the prince of the country. Who was going to say, hey, what are you doing? Notice verse 3 through 5. You have the consequences of the sexual union. In verse 3, Shechem and Dinah were now emotionally attached. Sex does this. Um, Shechem's soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, it says. She was young, she was beautiful, she was a virgin. Shechem loved the young woman on the human level, emotional, feelings. It is a little odd here because usually the woman's more attached emotionally in the sexual act than the man. Men are sort of like hit and run. It takes a godly man to understand what sex is about. And yet, he was really attracted to her. 
Shechem spoke kindly to the young woman then. Knowing what he had done, he spoke to her, literally her heart tenderly in an attempt to win her affection. He had forced himself upon her. He's trying to patch things up here. In verse 4, Shechem petitioned his father then to arrange his marriage to Dinah. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor. This, there's no record of rebuke. No record of discipline. It was no big deal. Life as usual. He said, give me this woman as a wife. Dinah was merely the next conquest and present temporary delight. Remember that, young ladies. Keep yourself. Verse 5, Jacob received the news of the tragic event. We are only told that he heard that Shechem had defiled Dinah, his daughter. We're not told how he heard. We're not told who he heard it from. But we are told that Jacob was not bothered very much by it, which is kind of interesting. People have trouble with this. As we move in the narrative, we'll examine some things that are very evident. Notice we are told in verse 5 there that Jacob's sons were not home at the time. Jacob's sons were with the livestock in the field. And so Jacob held his peace until they came. Again, it seems that Jacob was not very fond of Dinah. Can you think why? She's the daughter of Leah. He's not very fond of Leah. So different was his reaction in the future when he heard news of Joseph being killed, which was also deceit by the brothers, because he was the son of his favorite wife, Rachel. The home was not the most congenial. The home of Jacob was all messed up. We've already examined the competitions to all four, two wives and two concubines, different sons and all the different things. We're going to see more of it here. Now notice in verse 6 through 10, you have the callous character of Hamor. In verse 6, Hamor being a pagan, had low view again, morals, as Shechem, his father, and he wanted to speak with Jacob himself. So Shechem uh, gets his father to speak to him. And, and we do not know how long after the sexual encounter this happened. We're not told that. But we cannot ignore the personal interests of Hamor for his son. He has everything. He wants him to have one more thing. You know what I mean? Power. The response of the sons of Jacob to the defilement of Dinah is given to us in verse 7. It's quite different from her father. The time they heard it was when they came back from the field, and the response was a mixed one. Uh, the men were grieved, it says, which means to be pained and tortured at the dishonor of their sister. The men were very angry, it says also, exceedingly mad with feelings of retaliation. The reason was due to the nature of the crime. It says because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter. The term disgraceful means senseless, profane wickedness and is used of crimes worthy of death in Deuteronomy 22.21 and Joshua 7.15 and many others. Israel is used for the first time here as the people or nation of God, a theocracy. 
for the first time. They said, a thing which ought not to be done. They understood this vile act was absolutely wrong. Exodus 22, Deuteronomy 22, many of the sexual passages, violation, uh, were clearly in the law. Now notice when you get to verse 8, the petition of Hamor from Jacob here, he uh, pointed out the desire of his sons uh, Shechem. The word but marks the sharp contrast between the incense state of the sons of Jacob and the pacified state of Hamor. Picture it. These guys are livid. This guys think he's conducting a, a, a car sales. Hamor spoke with Jacob and his son saying, the soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. The word longs means the desire to be attached to cleave to her. There's no apology, no asking of forgiveness for the heinous rape. He asked for Dinah's hand in marriage. Please give her to him as a wife. They're bargaining, having the upper hand. You know why? They have Dinah at their house. Verse 26 tells us. She said, Shechem's house. We don't know if she's there by force. We don't know if she's there because she's afraid to come home. But certainly put yourself in that position. 16, 17. This guy's a prince. He rapes you. The proposed compensation was their financial benefit in verse 10 and 11. And make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters to yourself. So you shall dwell with us and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it and acquire possession for yourself in it. All this was adding insult to injury. Our world is filled with examples like Dinah today. Happens all the time. Sexual sin affects the home and society. With God, there is no double standard, by the way, regarding sexual purity. It's both for the man and the woman. Yet I do believe the emphasis through Scripture is greater on the woman, and for two reasons. The cohesiveness and permanence of the marriage bond and the home. And secondly, the cohesiveness and permanence of society both of these because of her greater emotional tie to sex than the man and that she was created for the man. I'm not saying she's created as a sex object, but this is God's design. Now, an anthropologist, J.D. Unwin, conducted a study of 88 civilizations that have come and gone through the world's history. In every one of these 88 civilizations, the morals and strict sexual conduct started off the same. But then things became lax, giving the people more and more freedom to express sexual desires whenever they pleased. That freedom began the destruction of the civilization. First came venereal disease, then breaking up of the homes. Children were brought up in unstable environments and patterned their behavior after their parents' behavior, making each succeeding generation more degenerate than the last. Thus, those civilizations eventually were destroyed without exception. Look at our nation. Look at America. In fact, a study of 5,000 civilizations revealed that 50 were characterized as sexually free and confusing the sex roles without distinction or boundaries bringing about the decay and death of all 50 civilizations. God declares the destruction through sex clearly through the scriptures. Leviticus 18, 1 through 23, and just listen. 
God tells of the various sexual sins that will destroy the cohesiveness of the home and society. Incest, adultery, homosexuality, bestiality. All of these are present in our society. Even the last bestiality. And if we keep going the way we're going, you're going to see it real acceptable. We're at the bottom of the barrel, people. And he says, the land is defiled and cast the people out of the land by the hand of God. Leviticus 18, 24 through 25. The land vomits them out. The land can't take that much anymore. The defilement of Dinah and the proposition was a senseless tragedy. Senseless. It leads to no good. Notice the deceit of the sons of Jacob in view of Dinah's defilement comes next, verse 11 through 18. In verse 11 through 13, the extent of Shechem's submission was without measure. Impressive. Shechem pleaded for Dinah in verse 11. He addressed Dinah's father and brothers. Then Shechem said to her father and her brothers, he pleaded for their approval of his petition. Let me find favor in your eyes. The nerve of this guy, huh? Amazing. The word favor is the same word used by Jacob to Esau. It means gracious acceptance. <laughs> what goes around comes around. It trickles down the family. He allowed them to set the price for Dinah. And whatever you say to me, I'll give. Well, it's no big deal to him. Verse 12, Shechem expressed the insignificance of the price. His proclamation was stated, ask me ever so much dowry and gift, and I will give according to what you say to me. Money's not the option. The exasperation was self-evident. Listen, you got to put the tone in this. But give me the young woman as a wife. Whoa. You think he's trying to intimidate? It's interesting. We see the extent of Shechem's submission that was without measure. But then we see the extent of deception by the sons of Jacob was beyond measure. They have one up on them. The boys of Jacob are, are, are a bunch of rats. <laughs> Verse 13, the sons of Jacob took advantage of the willingness of Shechem to do anything. The word but marks again the contrast between the uprightness of Shechem to an extent in contrast to the unrighteousness of the sons of Jacob because they were supposed to be the people of God, right? The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father. And the commentary is that they spoke deceitfully. The term describes the stealing of the blessing by Jacob from Esau. Same word in Genesis 27, 35. Interesting. It is the same term used by Jacob when he accused Laban of deceiving him by giving him Leah on his honeymoon night in Genesis 29-25. Same words. As all this is going on, what do you think is going in the mind of Jacob? What goes around comes around. Wow. The motive was because he had defiled Dinah, their sister, their sister. Their intent was to attend to the evil and recovered their sister. Their mind was made up. These boys are on the warpath. 
Well, on that note, we'll have to pause in the presentation of this tragic story of the defilement of Jacob's daughter, Dinah, that only gets more tragic in the end. And you're listening to Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Now, of course, we'll be bringing you the conclusion of this study titled Senseless Sin and Vengeance on our next program. But if by chance you won't be able to join us for that or you'd simply like your own copy of the unedited message by Pastor Xavier for more in-depth study at your own pace, might we suggest you pick up a copy on CD? We can make one available for only $4 upon request. Ask for the title Senseless Sin and Vengeance or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, it's helpful when you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Parents, have you ever noticed that the example you set for your children is often caught rather than taught? Pastor Xavier Reese has more fallout from the family of Jacob the Deceiver next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com